Welcome to For Instance Podcast, the tech podcast where we spin out endless supposals about cloud, AI, the edge, and more. We sift through current events, opine about what it means for practitioners and leaders, and interview industry observers about where different technologies are taking us. If you like digging into the story behind the story in tech, this podcast is for you. Hey folks, thanks for joining us for this special episode. This is one off the cuff of our routine episode. We're covering Google Cloud Next event in today's episode. Sarah, thanks for joining me. I know it's uh, off the, uh, like our normal routine episode and, and thanks for finding time. Actually, I committed it without talking to you and I was <laughs> It's all good. Time. I think we were both excited to talk about it. I'm glad that you you know, got there and back, you know, safely braving the traffic. And, you know, I had a lot of fun tuning in remotely with the digital pass. So it'll be exciting to talk about today. Oh, yeah, actually, I want to hear from you first. By the way, first two days, I was, um, well, first day and a half, you can say, I was also digital. Uh, I was recovering from sickness and, uh, and I went there in person yesterday and met a few folks and did a couple of talks there. So the impression from you what did you notice the change in narrative from google as compared to the last few years in this ai driven world what's your gut reaction yeah there there's a ton to observe i think google cloud said a lot by what they didn't discuss as as much as what they did discuss and what they did discuss to nobody's surprise but the way they discussed it was was very interesting was generative AI and the the place of AI in Google Cloud. So there were a lot of announcements there. I I think it's an interesting pivot in in terms of the investments they're making in in generative AI and the extent to which they talked talked about that almost to the the neglect of anything else because you know they're they're gaining uh, steam in public sector. So public sector is a place where you know are are they likely to you know, potentially put major models in a cloud provider, maybe, maybe not. Uh, but if you're looking at traditional enterprises, they're going to be really interested in some of the things Google Cloud offers. But, you know, some of the the information about the traditional stack or about how both architects and developers, you know, relate to it, you know, some of that I thought went by the wayside a little bit. But Really, really interesting day, especially during that opening keynote, because that was pretty, pretty packed as far as a lot of what they implied as well as what they said overtly. What did you, what did you think? Yeah, I think your, your read is spot on that they, they focused on their strength area, right? AI, ML, data science, you know, engineering focused, you know, like, Hey, we know how to innovate, we know scale. We know data, so that was good. Um, so perhaps at the expense of you know brownfield, you know workloads and talking to CIO, right. CIOs like who are trying to keep up those existing systems of record, old systems uh, up. So that that um, I think um, they did that intentionally. I think they mm-hmm. had to do that. It, it, it felt like they are playing 
they were playing on their own turf, you know, like, you know, when you have a home advantage, uh, when you're playing these yeah. in gaming, you know, you're playing in somebody's stadium or your own. So they it felt like they were on their own turf and they were very confident, very unapologetic brags about things and, and not that too much bragging, but, but they have substance definitely. So they I think seemed it's just, really relaxed. Oh, which yeah. was interesting because, you know, of course you have your people, anybody who's made the trouble, you know, taking the trouble to come is clearly a friendly. So there's that aspect, but it, it comes off. It seems like they know that they were talking about things where they have a comfortable advantage or, you know, they certainly view it that way. And so I, I was intrigued by the ex how relaxed every every single person was really. Yeah, true. I think again they they were in their zone. So uh, Sada CEO, Sada is uh, one of their partners, right? Key partners uh, from Google Cloud. Their CEO uh, said in an interview that what Microsoft did with OpenAI was a gift to Google. You know, they went for first, right? So they say, okay, we're going to release it. And then it gave the permission to Google. Google was very reluctant for many, like almost a couple of years. They released some models. It was doing some hallucination and identifying, you know, and remember a couple of years back, it was identifying some humans as chimpanzees and it was like a big mess in the PR mess and they, they got scared and there's a pullback. And some Googlers, you know, saying that, oh, AI has got this, you know, AGI capabilities. And so they kicked that engineer out. So there were a lot of PR kind of hiccups. So they were very reluctant to put it out there, but this gave them permission to go full fledged. Um, so yeah, I think it's a pivot. Um, so there's core infrastructure, traditionally what we are dealing with in B2B world, right? So that this whole generative AI comes in and, and it just makes the whole thing take like a turn, right? So I think they they will benefit from it. On the other side, we had some discussions on Cube about like the comparison between Google and AWS. We know the Microsoft story already, you know, what they have done, marketing hype and all that stuff, you know, they have benefited from that to a certain extent. But AWS is, what, what is their key messaging that still has to come out, even though they have done one New York summit uh, on, on this. Uh, mm -hmm. They have uh, released like six, they have announced six, seven things there, but, but we're waiting for reInvent to, to see their big punch, I guess. That's right. Yeah. And uh, it was interesting, kind of to your point, it does seem like Google has taken a little bit of the fast follower approach with how they're handling things. There were obviously some thumbs of the nose to AWS specifically, I think. So titanium, you know, that as a technology, I think being a direct competitor to Nitro, Azure and Microsoft being completely aligned with, with uh, open AI, but, you know, essentially monetizing it with use in Copilot. And now, you know, there's Duet AI. Um, Duet in my opinion and at first blush seems a lot more involved potentially than what copilot has done so they may have taken a little bit of extra time but it there's there's more 
from a functionality perspective, potentially that it could do, you know, some of the demos were kind of impressive as far as spinning up web apps, right, right there as a, as a demo, uh, to, to call certain data, to merge it, to create calendars, to, you know, to do various things, you know, some of those are, are basic functions, but it does speak to the, the power potentially of enabling their base who, you know, researchers and developers have long favored, uh, Google. So I think it's, I think it's well-played. Definitely. I think the, they are putting their most AI co-pilot kind of facility and the do it uh, brand, right? So they had other names for it for the last, you know, two years. There were different names for different things, you know, assistant and this mm -hmm. and that. So now it's like do it AI. And that actually plays on both sides on B2C kind of area or more like admin tasks and writing emails and writing, you know, these essays uh, as students uh, or even writing proposals in, in, in the B2B sort of context. But on the on the left side, on our system side, like it, it's great for developers as well as you said, they the demos for cooking up the new code to refactoring existing applications, changing from Oracle database to their native database, you know, offerings and uh, it changing all the connection strings and everything. You know, it was it was impressive actually. Very crisp demos there. It was yeah. The keynote I thought was really polished it this is superficial but I thought the spinny stages were really great the how they would have sort of that those circular interfaces so there was a shell that protected what was going on having come from a theater background uh, to some extent stuff like that's always the show value is is kind of nice how it turns around there was a, a little bit of a Hamilton element to that you know the the stage turns and now we have a demo just nice just nicely nicely presented Nice touch, actually. Last year, I um, I said very bluntly, I like, I said this is like very kiddish-looking setup, like it's Blue's Clues, you know, like you know that show, uh, like kids mm -hmm. show, right? It was like that, but they they did a good job this time, and it was um, uh, especially the developer keynote, the the start of that with the uh, we are in the legacy land, and that yeah, song. yeah, they they killed it. Um, it felt like a Saturday Saturday Night Live startup the show right <laughs> yeah like and then the developer stories sort of the monologues about zero day and all the internal kerfuffle that that caused at google interesting that they would tip the hand that way i i think uh that's great marketing in the sense of giving customers who are there and maybe a little intimidated the sense that oh hey we do deal with our own you know, our own internal alarms or we have our own situations, you know, it's yeah. just a very, it's a very polished, you know, big company, but they have, they have the day-to-day -day that they deal with. Yeah. I, I think they, on day one, I, I was, when I was listening all day, um, I listened to most of the cube conversations as all, I was up, up till like 10, 11, grasping the all what happened on day one. Mm -hmm. And my gripe was, or my complaint was that it's all, like newness, greenfield only, you know, nobody's talking about yeah. how to maintain the systems and scale and what sort of migrations look like, if you will, not the brand new applications, but we have stuff to to run, right? So, but second day, the, they addressed that 
to a certain extent um, during the Dwapar keynote when they showed the legacy in a more like a positive light. So legacy is not yeah, bad. Yeah, that was that really was, nice. A tribute to cool. somebody's work. It's staying power. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great yeah. angle. It was very cool. respectful. Yeah. The, they, they took it to sort of literal poetic sort of representations of like what legacy means and tied it to the tech legacy and I think that, I, I I like that one actually because legacy really then then I I think I did a tweet on that so I looked at the literal meaning of legacy and there are three four meanings and of course like in dictionaries but then 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 how we see as legacy as negative thing you know oh my god it's old code and you know it's, nobody wants to look at it but it's the value our predecessors or people who have coded it have passed on to us right mm-hmm. um, yeah, right. yeah, there's a developer consultant who I've spoken with in the past who who has his own podcast, really interesting takes there. And he works with some fairly big organizations, you know, creating modernization paths for applications. And that that's, um, I think he would like Google's take because he said that he's ginger when he's dealing with some of these applications. Of course, people leave. Of course, things get handed over. So you may have something that somebody hasn't owned, but it it is somebody's legacy. Uh, yeah. Somebody somebody masterminded that, and at the time, it may have been something that was brilliantly fit for what the what the company needed. What so, we needed, yes. Definitely. You know, I'll also from that standpoint, even in in organizations, you know, and I have such a passion for the traditional American enterprise, but. You know, I was at a conference earlier this year and there was almost a panic about addressing the generative AI wave. And, you know, these tech, these savvy technology executives were being asked by non-technical personas within the organization, what are we doing that, about this? What are we doing about this? And so I do think there was a self-aware component of, you know, Google giving lots of options you know, at least being able to say we are exploring, you know, gives the sense that something's being, something's being addressed. Because that's really tough when you have, you know, non-technical personas and executives or board members, you know, knocking on the door saying, what are we doing about this? Um, yeah. So, yeah, the his, almost, a, I would say, a fever pitch is, uh, is, is tough, to, tough to reckon with. I think they did a great job overall. But, but there are some, some things to be... Two things, actually. I promised on yesterday on, on Cube Talk that I will write something up. Now I have to, <laughs> because I, <laughs> I promised I, I publicly. Um, the, uh, one thing is that any any things like what Google missed. You know, Google has been criticized in the past for for changing their narrative um, like rather quickly and sometimes dumping the old terms and or even products and killing those. Uh, offerings and then all of a sudden going to the new ones so there, there's some of that you know so uh, and Antos was the talk of the town two three years back it was it was in like multi we are multi-cloud event cloud provider we have multi yep, that's right so we didn't he- even hear the Anthos word even once but they have done uh, the cross-cloud networks seems like they have they have shoved the anthos into the cross-cloud networks services, if you will. So 
that's one thing and another thing which um, is a key announcement was the google cloud stack is now ga right so you can bring in uh, google cloud stack to your data center just like uh, aws um, outpost azure stack right and it's more than that they have designed it in a little different way um, that there are more partners who can participate in it right so it's less constraining from any point of view and then it's being said i need to dig it deeper into this that even telcos can put up their private or sovereign clouds using google distributed cloud i yes. i don't buy that i don't buy that though it's okay. so hard to do because i was at vmware when we wanted to give telcos the ability to Put out their private clouds using our you know vcloud director and everything else it's it's not easy to pull off the scaling becomes a problem the code bases become a problem how do you replicate that you know what you're building in your core cloud and how it how does it go there is it a subset of the functionality so there's a lot of moving parts there having said that i will dig deeper into that we can talk about that in the next maybe one or two episodes like what i found out there mm-hmm. is it really is that really the case or how long it will take to get there you know so yeah gdc is is one of the things i'm most intrigued by as a technology um and you know they they had it up they had it up on the screen as one of the big six announcements but they really only glanced over it in the in the keynote and some of what I thought was interesting that Vertex AI is going to be supported in a distributed architecture, you know, so if you want to run Vertex in your Google Cloud environment, if you want to run it on-prem as you manage your on-prem environment through the Google Cloud interface, you can do that. I, I think that's really intriguing. I'm not, I'm not sure to what extent yet folks will take them up on that. Uh, but part of the reason I think it's so interesting, and this is a little bit of a sidebar from their main thrust, but I think that the the cloud providers want to come for the data center and they want to supplant VMware. And so they are okay with repatriation. They're A-okay with that, but they want folks to repatriate, bringing their hypervisor back with them. That's that's a hunch of mine. It's a pure opinion, but with things like Google Distributed Cloud and, and others, it does, you know, and the extent to which Google makes it so easy to run run EC2 in the data center, run, you know, EFS, all sorts of things. It is, it is intriguing. It seems like they're, they're urging in. <laughs> it's like, it's like, um, you know, like when like families have like three kids, like let's, let's take this example, three cloud parties are like three kids. And after some point, the third kid stopped growing and they all look same, you know, <laughs> like, right. like white and <laughs> they're all adults, even... right? <laughs> So Google Cloud is a third kid coming into the, that adulthood and they, they look same and almost talk same, but it's different generations kind of, you know, a little bit, but, yeah. but still getting that parity at different levels with uh, the, their big brother or big sister, right? Mm-hmm. So, their yeah. serverless is the one, you know, data, data, data frameworks, obviously, and their serverless is the one place because they hammered that during the developer keynote really hard, just never deal with infrastructure again. Serverless is a panacea of joy. You know, it just, um, you know, they, because that's, that is a strategic advantage uh, for them. So I don't, you know, Uh, it makes sense. Yeah. I, I, okay. 
when when we usually do broad strokes like we say okay every developer is the same developer it's not true right so we mm -hmm. have talked about a few times about this the isv developer is different than the in-house developer than startup developer than gaming developer so there are different personas different needs right so like the isv developers need very low level control you know like at the machine mm -hmm. level they want to control everything you know like at, at the cpu level and gpu level and tpu level but a an enterprise you know developer they 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 don't want to muck around with those things no, they, they want don't. Just, yeah they want things taken care of. they want they prefer pass you know mm -hmm. uh, and if you go next level they it's low code no code is digestible there as well right so they have a story that the the app sheet you know concept you know like you type in it, it creates forms for you very basic stuff you know what erps used what's supposed to do for us but they never did so uh yeah. see, seriously they, they were supposed to do because i worked at zinger two, zinger from sorry sheet today <laughs> uh, so yeah and what else cross okay um gke enterprise actually i think gke enterprise is like taking Kubernetes to next level, cross cloud, cross provider. That's a, that's a, I think a big one. Um, we can sort of double click on, onto that, some, some other point. So something to watch. The, the one thing actually we, we, we should talk briefly about it, the channel conflict, um, that is with VMware, with Red Hats of the world, right? So they are their partners right now, mm -hmm. but, uh, the territory Google is walking into, it will have that, as you said earlier, rightly so. That That's right. They will collide with VMware and Red Hat. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it'll be interesting to watch how some of that unfolds as time wears on. This, this sort of playing in each other's sandboxes is going to continue to be more and more prevalent. It always was to some extent, but I think we're reaching a new scale in in a way we haven't seen yet. True, actually. Uh, the, the other things, okay, I, I was able to talk to some of the couple of their senior execs. One exec, well, they, they, they trained their partner ecosystem and that, that they're like off the cuff, you know, off the records or discussions. So training your partner ecosystem is hard with newer stuff, especially when the data prep is very important. You know, data pipeline is important for AI. There's a lot of newness to the whole discipline and not uh, even the SIs are not, you know, well, well equipped uh, for that. And yeah. each cloud provider has their own little like quirks to, to recommend how they want their customer base and their partner base to, to proceed, right? So they have to train them um so that that has been challenging and and executing on these things the latest and greatest is hard as well uh, that's what i heard that uh, makes sense you have to you almost have to invest the same or it would seem to me that you'd have to invest almost the same amount in, of energy in the technical personas in your partners as you do your own people because if they're implementing on your behalf within customers they have to be savvy i mean they need to be certified up and down. They need to have hands-on experience. They need to understand what values you're putting out because of course it wouldn't do to have them championing values that are at odds with what the company's internal initiatives are. So I could see, 
I could see that being the case. I, it was interesting too. I think you made the observation. You did make the observation last episode about VMware and how few partners were there. And, and, you know, it seemed like they made a conscious decision to really keep it very tightly focused on VMware themselves. Um, yeah, so. I think Google did the same thing here, uh, mm -hmm. on especially on main stage, other than NVIDIA CEO. Actually, by the way, NVIDIA That's right. CEO, he was the only, yeah, really good observation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was like, he was the only um partner if you will but also he was not that energetic <laughs> like maybe he was tired or something <laughs> like like at vmware he was like whoa it was like like he was like like very fast and furious here it was good actually but um yeah but having having said that these companies google here and and, and nvidia they're like three miles apart from each other hq right and the, uh, that physical proximity, I think, matters as well. So the key engineers being there, I think they can do better collaboration, whiteboarding. And they, they were saying that, you know, they they are meeting on a lot frequent basis. You know, the CEOs can just get coffee every day or if they want. You know? Yeah, right. By the, way, by the way, brothers, did you see the brothers photo? The Korean, Thomas Korean has a brother. Uh, George Korean, who's a twin of his, and he is the CEO of NetApp. And they took a picture and tweeted. <laughs> they, they, they look very similar, cool. Very similar. Uh, interesting. Uh, um, like, uh, you know, even even it's like a family, you know, affair mm -hmm. in the area. Yeah, interesting That's stuff. Wild. Uh, what else? Um, let's, yeah, let's, if you don't mind, I'd love to dive into a little bit of what happened in that conversation with Jensen between uh, oh, Jensen yeah. and Thomas, you know, it was the, the energy level there, you know, uh, Jensen used a lot of his normal uh, gestures and mannerisms, but I, I, I agree his energy level wasn't quite, you know, what it's been in other places, but that's fine. Uh, so the A3 is interesting, you know, the H100 becoming uh, available on Google Cloud, of course, everybody wants to get their hands on H100s and there's a tremendous shortage. So the cloud providers haven't been immune to that, but being able to uh, offer that, you know, I'll be interested to see what regions, I haven't checked yet what regions it'll be available in because usually there's a staggered start. In NVIDIA's DGX Cloud. Um, so, you know, a platform, you know, really a managed platform that they offer for AI training, uh, sort of a sandbox where, uh, you know, don't worry about managing the infrastructure, we'll do it so that you can, you know, try different things and, you know, the stack's more or less set up for you. I, I do think it's very interesting that they're moving that to uh, Google Cloud, that, you know, Jensen has enough conviction in Google as a player to to move that, migrate it to uh, Google Cloud. Yeah, I think that was huge, actually, that... Uh... It, maybe market doesn't understand it the the importance of that yet so the dgx cloud nvidia's dgx cloud they will host within google cloud so That's if right. somebody wants to do cutting edge research on ai using nvidia's top notch you know software and hardware combination if you will they can go to google for that right so mm -hmm. that, i think that's huge yeah. it's just procuring these these uh, H100s or the, their latest chips or their, their latest stack, if you will, on the software side as well, 
it, it's not easy to pull off the shortages, there's learning curve, but having that as a service through Google Cloud, it, it, I think it's huge. I think they will build on top of it, you know. Uh, and, and, and now, talking about the two other providers like AWS versus um, Microsoft versus Google in this case. So what will be their story? Will they put the same like facility there? Uh, yeah, that's yes. true. And, Jensen and is very popular. And so he's, he's, you know, for lack of a better analysis, he's the girl all the guys want to take to the dance. And so, you know, he, he's going to, to the dance with Google this week. So, you know, yeah. he, I don't know, he may have some other, he's had many, many announcements he's been making lately. So, uh, you know, it will be interesting to see if the balance of influence and preference stays with Google as opposed to AWS. And, if, you know, maybe that's NVIDIA owning its fate a little more as opposed to AWS as sort of the 800 pound gorilla in the workroom. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's AWS has their own Anaperma, you know, uh, acquisition and in friendship and Graviton. So they they were focusing on that for a long time, and maybe there's some little bit gripe inside, you know, between Nvidia and them. Like, That's hey, right. you yeah. ran with that for so long, and now you know, like you're on your own. Oh, we'll give you H100s because you're big enough, but we'll it's like a, a there's some. Like, you know, how these relationships are, you know, like, yeah, we won't overwhelm you with attention. We yeah, will. Exactly. Yeah. They have to, they have to enable them and for sure, to. but they, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. That on, doesn't on, a funny note, <laughs> on a funny note, like a couple, few months back, you know, I called, uh, Jensen that he's the Cardi B, you know, like, you know, Cardi B sings with, with everybody songs. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> As a keys Cardi B of the tech world, he's everywhere. So yeah, he he's cool. He's he's um uh, yeah, entertaining and he he's he shows enthusiasm. He he looks like a normal you know techy geeky nerdy kind of guy. So no, that was great. So uh, we have I think we covered most of the points. Let me go through my notes here real quick if I see. Oh, yeah, there was a, there were a few um, conversations on the cube. There were some quotable things said, you know, there was one, uh, um, somebody from Solemn uh, Consulting, they said, like, we're so used to computing as like science, you know, like, if then else, you know, it's measurable, controllable environment, but with, ge with generative AI, it, it, it's not that explainable but when the results come in we don't know how it got to results and because there's a hallucination problem right in, in, in what it gives you so I, I thought that was a that was an interesting um like remark we are going from this very certain um certainty to like little uncertain computing computing in in a different bucket you know we have talked about this many times that you don't want to take this close to any system or record yet you know where, where you need certainty but but still yeah there was wall street journal article the headlined it like uh, hey google is enticing enterprises to come to their cloud through ai uh, door kind of thing you know so they, i'm paraphrasing but oh for sure it's a trojan for sure yeah. A very, you know, and not even a Trojan because a Trojan's more of a disguise, but yeah, I agree. Slalom, incidentally, is a 
uh, an SI I think is, is worth watching as is thought works because as Google grows, I think those are two that will, from a, from a services perspective, maybe leaning into Google a little more and sort of trying to catch that up, that upswing. So that'll be. Yeah, actually, the, on the on the partnership and SI's involvement and the, how big the ecosystem is, I think Google still needs to do a lot more work. Uh, they have some really close partners, but they they seem to just work with them. Like for example, like I said last year with, with reInvent, you know, I went there as an analyst, so I had a back sort of backdoor entry, if you will, to their execs and you know what they're doing. So they their partner ecosystem is is well-oiled machine at AWS. Um, so they um, they have the, they have the competency program. Actually, I think Google needs to uh, strengthen their partnership and alliances program. For them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, they the partners have a lot of weight to throw around. A lot of weight to to throw around. And considering that workloads aren't slowing down in terms of migration and 70% of those migrations are executed with a partner in the room and, you know, some kind of solution integrator in the room, it's still, there's still so much opportunity for them. So I hope, I hope that they don't uh, yeah, neglect that aspect AI, of the business. Mm -hmm. I think the AI re-energizes them to the, to the partner ecosystem. Um, it, it just, um, it's something godsend or naturally came into the picture that hey your growth is slowing down well, let, let, let us give you this new thing right so yeah i think we have covered a, a lot um of ground mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll be seeing um uh, more news coming through from different outlets the crn was there cube coverage was there um all other you know tech republic all these publications were there um the, yeah, I, I I work with Cube a lot, so so they're actually I was going through a website yesterday, the Silicon Angle. They have two different brands. I've told John and Dave that hey, you need to clean this up. <laughs> There's a lot there, but it's not mm -hmm. visible. So SiliconAngle.com is their uh, research arm, if you will. So they have a lot of uh, news and all that there. Not advertising for them or anything like that, but but it. it the, it's a good source to go to, uh, to see all B2B tech news, because I struggle with that. I, when I want to look at just B2B tech news, I can't go to Wall Street because mix of Apple news and iPhones and, and next to it is, you know, consumer, uh, a lot of consumer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah. Stay tuned for our next episode, uh, folks. That is right. Sarah. For joining me today um, uh, on this ad hoc sort of episode, and uh, we'll keep bringing you stories and keep interacting with us through DMs. And we need your feedback. We want to improve this, and so we'll start bringing guests uh, like practitioners and thought leaders and philosophers in tech and analysts and vendor leaders, like what they are trying to do. So gradually, we'll, we'll That's wrap right. that up. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks all. Thank you. Thanks for listening to For Instance Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show today. If you did, please feel free to leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify. 
When we're not recording, you can find Sarbjeet reacting to and discussing current enterprise tech news on Twitter or X. His handle is at Sarbjeet Joal. And you can find me, Sarah Music, on LinkedIn, interacting with tech news or occasionally posting a literature quote. We welcome your feedback and we'll see you next time.